You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Today is Monday, April 19th, 2021, and this is your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. On today's show, LeVar Burton says he doesn't necessarily need to revisit Geordie LaForge. Star Trek Discovery's VFX team shows how the Season 3 effects were built, and two members of our Star Trek family, Felix Silla and Mary Linda Rapoli, have sadly passed away. I'm Allison Pitt, and today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Get 10% off your first month of counseling by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. So, remember last year, when LeVar Burton seemed to suggest that he would be happy to reprise his role as Geordie LaForge on Star Trek Picard? Well, it seems as though he may have changed his mind. Of course, in true Hollywood fashion, he's still leaving the possibility open. Burton was speaking to Newsweek in an interview they published over the weekend. In it, Burton discussed the idea of him appearing in Star Trek Picard's second season, something he's been talking about for over a year. Last April, Burton admitted to Entertainment Tonight that a role had been talked about, but he didn't give any further details. This time, though, Burton seems to have a little bit of a less positive take on the idea. Burton told Newsweek, I'm really happy with where Geordie sits in my life, and even though I feel like it would be fun to revisit him now and again, living in his skin every day, I don't necessarily need to go back to doing that. When they asked him explicitly whether Jordy could turn up in Picard season two, he said maybe, noting that the time period of Picard is contemporaneous. And he's right. In fact, Jordy LaForge was a notable character in the Picard prequel comic series Countdown, which establishes that at least at the time of the attack on Mars, he was in contact with Picard. Now, Burton has been in the press for the last couple of weeks due to a growing fan petition for him to be the next host of the game show Jeopardy. Of course, if that job were to come through, it could interfere with Burton's availability to appear in other projects. If you'd like to add your name to the Jeopardy petition, you can find it on change.org. And be sure to catch up on Star Trek Picard Season 1 for a bit of context, now streaming on Paramount+. Now, next up... Pixomondo, the company responsible for the visual effects in Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery, released a new video last week, peeling back the layers behind what audiences saw on screen during the season. Sci-Fi Wire brought us the exclusive debut of the video. Diving into the 32nd century was certainly no small feat for the Star Trek Discovery production team. Earlier this year, co-showrunner Michelle Paradise posed some of the challenges in the third season, saying, what does the future look like in 930 years? What are the new things that we see? What are the new technologies? For the visual effects department working on Discovery, those questions were top priority. Phil Jones, Discovery's VFX supervisor, told Sci-Fi Wire, season three was a tricky one for us. There were at least 25 new ships that needed to be created, with all new future enhancements, because we jumped 900 years into the future. Now, one of those ships belonged to Cleveland Booker, or Book, as he's known in the series. If you haven't watched season three, it isn't much of a spoiler to say that Book's ship is somewhat malleable, 
able to change its configuration to suit the moment at hand. Unfortunately, it couldn't change enough for the VFX team. Jones said that the team had to come up with another configuration to dock Book's ship with the Discovery because there was no way it would fit in the ship's docking bay. Jones said, When we built it, we found that sometimes what looks good on paper doesn't fit anymore. Another challenge faced by the VFX team was to design and render multiple layers of artwork to show the USS Discovery crashing into the surface of an unknown planet in the season's second episode, Far From Home, a shot which Jones said his team spent at least a month working on. This type of effect is the basis of the breakdown reel released by Pixomondo, showing how each detail is painstakingly added to provide a sense of realism to the overall product. Now, as is the way of the filming industry, the world of visual effects is constantly changing. Much of the filming for the upcoming fourth season of Star Trek Discovery will take place in front of an augmented reality wall. This new filming technology is essentially a virtual backdrop that can replace green screen with a computer-generated scene that can move and change with the camera. On the new filming technology, Jones said, we try to use as much live action as possible, but then push it a little bit further. To watch the full Season 3 visual effects breakdown reel for yourself, visit the Pixomondo channel on YouTube. Now I've got more news in a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you, like me, are a person who resists asking for help when they need it, then it might be worth your time to proactively check out BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online counseling service where they match you with a licensed professional therapist who specializes in the care that you need. Now, I've always resisted seeing counselors for a variety of reasons, but BetterHelp has actually been different. Without the pressure of in-person appointments and the worry that my counselor won't be a good fit, I've been able to relax more quickly and get to work. And since they're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, you can feel secure knowing it's easy and free to change counselors if you need to. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a Daily Star Trek news listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. Now, to finish off today, two members of our Star Trek family have sadly passed away recently. Actor Felix Silla passed away, according to Gil Gerard, his co-star and the lead actor on Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Deadline reported Silla's death on Friday, April 16th of pancreatic cancer. He was 84. Star Trek fans might know Silla as one of the Talosians in the original pilot, The Cage, but his career was much, much bigger than that. Standing just 3 foot 11 inches tall, he was a memorable performer in just about anything he took on. Silla was born in Italy and came to the United States in 1955, traveling with the Ringling Brothers Circus as a trapeze artist and a tumbler. He often did stunt work in Hollywood, standing in for children in films such as Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where he doubled for the role of Short Round. But it wasn't just stunt work that kept Scylla busy, he also held notable acting roles like Cousin It from the television series The Addams Family, the robot Lucifer in the original Battlestar Galactica, and of course, Twicky and Buck Rogers in the 25th century. 
He also played a child gorilla in Planet of the Apes, as well as an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Scylla is survived by his wife, Sue, and their children, Bonnie and Michael. And finally today, Star Trek guest actor Mary Linda Rapoli has passed away. Her death on April 5th was reported in an obituary in the Booth Bay Register out of Maine, where she lived. According to her obituary, she bravely fought a form of cancer. She was 76 years old. Star Trek fans will know Rapoli for her guest role as Irina in the Star Trek Season 3 episode, The Way to Eden. She also appeared as Ambassador Raina Morgan in the fan web series, Star Trek New Voyages, Phase 2 episode, To Serve All My Days. But outside of that short appearance, she had a nearly eight-decade performing career on stage, screen, and television. Rapoli moved to Maine in 1999 and created what would become the current Lyric Meadow Farm, which in addition to being a certified organic farm, is also an event venue and kennel for golden doodles. Rapoli is survived by her brother Gardner and several cousins and their families. Please join me in sending condolences to the families of Felix Silla and Mary Linda Rapoli. Now there's just one last thing before I go today. By now, you're surely familiar with the name Chris Peterson. He's our writer here at Daily Star Trek News, and he's the guest on the latest episode of the podcast, Networking on Nimbus 3. So if you'd like to get to know Chris a little better, you should tune into that. Once again, the podcast is Networking on Nimbus 3, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's it for today's Daily Star Trek News from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the other great shows on the network at podcasts.roddenberry.com. Daily Star Trek News is produced by me, Allison Pitt, with selected stories by Chris Peterson. Today's show was sponsored by BetterHelp. Get 10% off your first month of counseling at betterhelp.com forward slash DSTN. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know and this week's Trek trivia. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.